welcome to XR Sessions. My name is Holly Reeser. And I am Sydney Evans. And today we are speaking with Cassandra Ferrope who is the president and compensation expert of Total Reward Solutions. She has an extensive background in human resources, holding different titles of director, vice president, and president. Cassandra has also written a book called Compensation Sense 101 that provides answers to questions about employee compensation and total rewards. So now we're going to go ahead and jump in to a couple questions here. And the first one we have for you today is if you can kind of just explain your HR career path and how you got into your current position. Sure, I'd be happy to. Well, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough, I did not start in human resources. I started out in the um, executive administration um, assistant field and moved into office manager. And then I happened to be at a company that kept growing and I was doing some of the HR functions and they asked me to get fully trained and up and going with an official HR department. So I spent about 12 years as a generalist um, that was the head of HR for small and medium sized companies. And then I decided that I wanted to move into the specialty area of compensation. So I moved to larger companies in order to get that experience And then about, oh, maybe four years into probably about the seven years that I spent in my specialty area, I started the consulting business that I now own and run today. Okay, that's awesome. So why did you decide to specialize in compensation? So, you know, it was kind of interesting. Um, The thing about being a generalist is that you get to, you know, play in all these different areas, right? Mm -hmm. And what I found was the things I didn't like. Like, I didn't (laughs) like recruiting all day. It wore me out. Mm -hmm. Um, I I really didn't enjoy employee relations and having those conversations about how, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't have time to wash your pants and wash your hair that morning. So you chose one versus the other. And so... (laughs) Um, I just kind of gravitated when I got to choose what I worked on. I always gravitated Mm -hmm. to compensation. And so that's when I decided to move into that kind of specialty area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I say, I think we are the exact opposite. I'm (laughs) super into recruiting and um, sorry, give me one second. Hey, Holly, can you on the zoom? Sorry about that. Okay, I apologize. <laughs> go ahead. That's okay. Sorry, we had like a video thing going and it was double uh, going. But ah. anyways, I'll restart. <laughs> I'll restart. Um, yeah, Cassandra, I think we are the exact opposite. Um, I think Holly can agree with this too. We're super interested in recruiting. <laughs> and I actually had a compensation um, internship a couple summer goes. Um, and it just wasn't the right fit for me. But it's kind of similar to what you're saying. You know, you want to try out these, you know, different facets of HR to really figure what you want to specialize in. So, you know, no matter what, it's important to, you know, have those internships or, you know, speak to people to really decide, you know, what you want to go into. So that's really great to hear. Well, um, and I, let's, I, yeah. I was just saying, I often get asked, should I be a journalist or should I be a specialist? And mm-hmm. what I say to people is start where you can get a job yeah. anywhere you can, because, um, you know, a journalist is better because you can, you have that opportunity to work in a lot of areas of human resources and find out, you know, what you really like and gravitate to, but you can mm-hmm. also, you know, if you can get a specialist role, you can always move to being a generalist later on. So we can work either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, again, speaking to kind of what Sydney said. So this past summer, I was in the total rewards group. And more specifically focused Mm on FMLA, but it was interesting to be in that faucet and understand because it is so important to any company. And now currently I'm taking my first compensation class and Mm -hmm. it's really interesting to kind of learn more about um, different departments in HR and get a, get a grasp for compensation. So I'm glad that we're speaking with you today because every Mm -hmm. guest that we bring on, we try to have a different um, subject to speak about, and this is the first time touching on compensation. So this is very exciting. Um, so kind of, you know, going into a different um, viewpoint here, how can you work on your long-term game while working on your short-term game? So how can you build your career um, for the future starting at the beginning? And actually, this is kind of a great question to touch on because we are seniors about to get into the workforce so how can we Mm -hmm. as students um, kind of begin that career path well let me um, just kind of use myself as an example so I knew a Mm -hmm. few years into my corporate HR career that I eventually wanted to have my own consulting business and I always thought I would do like everything HR recruiting training compensation all of it Um, but Mm -hmm. what I did was I started working towards that by having coffees, interviewing, building relationships with some of the best local consultants that I knew, I basically interviewed, who do I want to be like? And Mm -hmm. I took notes and I literally kept those notes in a file for years until I was ready to start planning for my own consulting business. And so, you know, as we've already talked about, you know, moving from generalist to specialist or specialist to generalist, you know, that kind of helps as you, you know, continue to go down your career path, knowing which way you want to go. And then you just have to start working on your accreditations for whatever area you want to be in. So, you know, when I was a generalist, I earned my SPHR. Once I knew I wanted to be a specialist in compensation, you know, then I worked on my CCP, which is a certified compensation professional designation. And then later, when the new SHRM um, SCP designation became available, I worked on earning it because um, I'm sure as you ladies are learning, it's learning is a lifelong process, right? And you got it. You got to yeah. keep doing it. You got to stay current. So um mm-hmm. Then I just started to look for that specialist role. So I was in a journalist role. So I just started applying for compensation jobs. And I actually had to take a cut and pay and a load or title uh, to move into my specialist job so that I could acquire the experience that I needed with two large companies so that I would be able to do my own compensation consulting someday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Thank- Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking us through that and um, learning more about how to how to develop ourselves professionally. And actually, Sydney had um, just passed the term CP. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Just little things to um, to grow us professionally. So um, those are great tips. And I kind of wanted to respond to that. So um, one technique that I've been hearing more of is to, you know, just reach out to people and kind of like an informational interview, just kind of get to know their role. Like you said, sit down mm-hmm. for coffee or in this instance, have a virtual meeting and just kind of get to know them a little more. Um, could you just expand on that just slightly on how to go about that and kind of, you know, what questions um, you should be asking these people or kind of how to prepare? Because honestly, I would like to know for myself as well, going into 
um, reaching out to people and just setting up meetings, getting to know about them. What are just a couple things that we as students should prepare and go into those meetings with? So um, I can't emphasize enough network, network, network. And then when you think you're done networking, mm -hmm. network some more. Um, <laughs> I, I went to all of the local HR programs. So we have a really good mm -hmm. SHRM chapter here locally. And I would just start meeting people and then go into coffee. And I would, you know, um, especially if it was consultants that were already in business, I would ask them, you know, how did you get this, you know, get started? How did you decide you wanted your own business? Um, you know, what, what, if looking back, what would you have done differently? What are the pros and cons, you know, of running your own business and having your own consulting business? And, you know, how should I be preparing, you know, myself for this? And just some of those kinds of questions. And people are just so generous, you know, once they've been in the field mm -hmm. a while, they'll give back. Um, and then the other thing I would suggest is identify who you think would be good strategic partners. So, you know, don't just talk to mm -hmm. other people in consulting, um, but talk to everybody, you know, talk to recruiters, talk to attorneys, CPAs, you know, benefit firms, anyone at all that you think down the pike, you know, could be helpful to you as you start to maybe move into a specialty area and just, you know, attend all the networking events um, in HR that you can, as well as where these other folks might be hanging out so you can build relationships with a lot of people across the city. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is super important. And I like always knew that was uh, that it was important, you know, in my career classes, in my HR classes, my professors would always say that and be like, yeah, you know, okay, like, I guess I should network. But I feel like it wasn't <laughs> until kind of last year, this year that I was like, yeah, networking is really important. And Holly can attest to this as well. Like as we're looking for jobs, it's really these connections we have that are going to help us out. So um, if you're, you know, freshman, sophomore, like get started now, it, it can really help you out in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks for taking us through that. And let's talk a little bit more about consulting. So you own like your own consulting practice. Um, can you talk more about, you know, what types of consulting, like what type of consulting you can go in and then like how much experience do you need to get into consulting? Sure. Um, so there's kind of three different types of consulting. So the first one we call okay. gig work. Okay. So basically mm -hmm. you can do that on the side with other employment. So for okay. example, when I started my business, I already had a job 30 hours a week for a big corporate company here in town. And then mm -hmm. I just started doing work on the side. So I would just, you know, find gig work or I'd subcontract for another consultant when they needed help. Um, so, you know, depending on of, of what uh, area of HR you're working in and the level of work mm -hmm. will depend on how much experience you need. Um, you know, if, if you're helping somebody out, they're probably going to look with somebody, you know, with some experience, you know, like maybe two to three mm -hmm. years. Um, you can go directly to work for a consulting firm from graduating. And, and this is actually a great way to learn experience and to start at an entry level and work your way up. Um, however, mm -hmm. just a word of caution, uh, most mm -hmm. consulting companies will have you sign non-compete contracts, which means that will keep you from starting your own consulting firm or going to another consulting firm for a period of time when you leave there. 
And it'll, of course, also prohibit you from taking their clients. So you can gain great experience that way, but just know that if you work for a consulting company, you're probably going to have to go into a corporate environment for a while before you can go back out to consulting because of all these non-compete agreements. And mm -hmm. then that third kind of final type of consulting is basically where you establish your own firm you know, and you grow it to where you have other employees or subcontractors who work with you. And to do something like that, you should probably really have closer to 10 years of experience and, and, and in a few different industries. Um, I think I, by purpose, um, changed industries about every three to five years because I wanted four or five industries in my background. That also shows, you know, diversity in your experience when you're now trying to completely sell yourself and the work of others, you know, in your business, then that's, you know, it's a, it's a new game. It's a different game. And so <laughs> you, you've got to have some, you know, different industry experience in your background to support, you know, that you, you really know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I appreciate you taking us through that. It seems like you have great experience and a long detailed history in consulting. Like you said, you need 10 plus years of experience. So it seems like a long path to, to carry out. And um, I'm glad you were able to kind of define all three of those faucets and kind of um, help us understand more of how consult and consulting um, the career path kind of looks like. I know that some of my friends um, had mentioned um, that they were going into consulting uh, roles and I kind of was curious about it and it's awesome to know that HR can be a part of that as well. So mm -hmm. do you have any advice for students uh, interested in benefits or compensation and how they can begin a career with consulting? Um, I, I will admit it's kind of hard to get into the compensation or benefits area from the very very beginning um, coming right out mm -hmm. of school unless you do go with like one of the big consulting firms. Um, you know, if you can get on at a Mercer's or a Towers Watson or even some, you know, regional firms, um, they will take, you know, students, you know, right out of uh, undergrad um, and start, you know, training them in the consulting world. Um, mm -hmm. But more, more than not, um, most people have corporate experience before they go into consulting. It's, you know, kind of the typical path. Um, but then I also know people who have jumped from consulting to corporate, back to consulting, back to corporate <laughs> um, <laughs> a, a few times. And, you know, sometimes just the right thing sticks at the right time for different people. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, you know, it's, it, it's, it's not easy typically to get an entry level role in comp or benefits, but even some of the larger local firms have those. So, you know, you can get your foot in the door that way. But, you know, you may go on and, you know, your comp your first compensation job might be market benchmarking. That might be all you're doing all day long. But <laughs> you're starting to get in and get your feet wet, you know, and, and keep growing within benefits. You know, you're probably going to go in as that person who handles the phone and answers benefit questions or, you know, processes all that benefits open enrollment that occurs. Um, but it's just, you know, getting in anywhere you can <laughs> and mm -hmm. then grow and then growing from there. Okay, awesome. I, I didn't realize that it was um, difficult to get into like benefits and compensation roles. So that is definitely, you know, good to know. Um, so thank you so much for that. And um, would you say like, you know, as now that you have your own consulting business, would you say that you have continued to grow your career? Uh, absolutely. Um, you've got to continue to develop those strategic partners and relationships forever. 
And then other things that I have continued to do then is to speak. I never set out to be a speaker, ladies, let me tell you. <laughs> I just wanted to do compensation for companies. Um, but you find that, you know, you're constantly selling yourself um, when you are in the consulting business. And so, uh, you know, you start doing speaking, you start writing articles. Um, I, again, I never set out to be a writer, um, but, um, <laughs> you know, now published articles and, and several different publications. And then as you continue to just grow your career, you know, you eventually get to the point where you write a book. So, you know, <laughs> um, it's just that continuous learning, continual, you know, self-development. I would really encourage everyone to find a mentor early in their HR career um, so they can help you kind of, you know, get through the waters, figure out what direction you might go next, help you make some connections, if at all possible. But then, yeah, you've got to just keep growing yourself um, every single year. Yeah, of course. I say you mentioned your book. I say I would love to write a book. That is like one of my <laughs> like goals in life. So it's very <laughs> cool that we get to speak to you, you know, about this. I say, can you tell me more about your book and like where students can access it or any of our listeners can view it? Sure. This is literally a dream come true for me. So yes, this was Aww. on my bucket list. <laughs> awesome. Um, Aww. So uh, came out a couple of years ago and I actually worked on mm -hmm. it for a couple of years before that. And so what I wanted to develop was a question and answer book. So this has been designed in eight different chapters. So it is such that you can pick it up and of course read it cover to cover. Um, but I also wanted it to serve as a reference tool because you know how it is, you read a book and then, you know, three weeks later, you forget what you read. And so <laughs> what you're able to do, if you have this on the shelf, you know, maybe, you know, two years from now, all of a sudden you've been asked to participate on a team to develop incentive plans, or you've been asked to develop them yourself or whatever. Well, you go read that chapter again on incentive plans, or, you know, maybe um, you, you know, you've really gotten involved in base pay. So then you pick it up and you refresh, you know, and you go look at base pay. We actually sent this book to all of the HR professors and compensation professors we could find in all of the major uh, Indiana colleges um, mm -hmm. and strongly suggested they encourage this as additional reading for their HR students and or to make it mandatory. <laughs> um, yes, but love it, that. <laughs> um, but it's also a big help for anybody who's preparing, you know, like Sydney just did to take the exam, right? Because mm -hmm. um, this mm -hmm. is an area you have to know for the exam. So. It's available on Amazon, and um, yeah, we, we simply put it together in a Q&A format, so that not only would it be helpful to HR practitioners, but our goal is that also C-suites will get the book and pick it up and read it and gain a better understanding of compensation as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want to say, you know, congratulations. Like you said, that that was a mm -hmm. life goal of yours. I think that's amazing, <laughs> and like you said, you can never stop learning. So that's great to know that there's a resource out there that anyone can access and just be refreshed on. And like you said, just go back and touch on those points and chapters. So I'm very glad that we got to discuss that. I think it's amazing that you wrote a book and how widespread it is. So um, again, that's incredible. So that's great. And um, now that we, you know, have gone through kind of your background and experience and, and advice and consulting, we can jump into a question that we have from a fellow HR student. She is currently at IU and she's also involved in the human resources association that Sydney and I are a part of. And her name is Callie Grogan. She has asked, 
what is one thing you wish people outside of the HR field would understand about HR? I wish they would understand that human resources really has and should have a seat at the table and can make a difference. We're starting mm-hmm. to see this change, but there, there were years gone by where this wasn't the case. And if they'll bring HR in in the very beginning, um, the strategic planning stages and really let you know, HR help them, um, then you know, HR can really be a great driver of the organization hitting its goals. I mean, think about HR is the one who bring the people into the organization, right? They do the recruitment. Mm-hmm. HR is the one who helps determine compensation. And if compensation is not a distractor, then people will focus on their work. HR is the one who continues to train and develop people and helps them with their career pathing. And so there's just so many things that HR does that affects the business, even to include, you know, the bonus plans and motivating people and and helping them achieve the goals. So there's a lot that I wish. (laughs) Um, And just starting with some of those topics, people outside of, um, you know, HR knew about HR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely um, agree with that. I feel like HR kind of has this like stereotype that like we're out to get like people in trouble and like, you know, our role <laughs> yeah. isn't like strategic and like, you know, all these other things, which can be really frustrating because, you know, HR can be strategic and we're like a really important of the company. So, yeah, unfortunately, that kind of comes with the job, you know, uh, I feel like every time I tell someone I'm in HR, they always pick that up. But um, it's still such, you know, a great field to go in and, you know, I'm excited to be able to kind of prove people wrong, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think too, um, you learn early in your HR career, um, to just kind of let people understand some certain things. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I need to tell you something confidential, you know, but you can't say anything about it. You know, you learn early on to say, okay, first of all, if this involves, you know, sexual harassment or the fact that somebody, you know, is going to hurt themselves or others, I have to report mm-hmm. it. I'm obligated. So don't, don't tell yeah. me if that's the case. You don't want me to do something about it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, a lot of it just comes down to trust and building trust. And if you yeah. conduct yourself professionally and appropriately and people learn to trust you, then, you know, that will build a great reputation in human resources. And it is changing. Um, people are seeing human resources differently. Um, it's just had a long road to come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> see. So, yeah, we've talked to a lot of people, you know, on the podcast, um, especially ones that have been, you know, in the field longer, field longer. And they said, yeah, definitely over time, it has switched into a more strategic role. So, I'm glad to see that it's changing and hopefully, you know, it continues to change, but yeah, mm-hmm. thank you so much for answering that question. And thank you, Callie, for that question. That was really, really great. But yeah, that is, you know, all the time we have today. Um, okay. Thank you so much for Cassandra for speaking to us. It was so great learning more about like your role and um, about consulting. You, I did not know there were like three different types of consulting. <laughs> so thank you for that. I had no idea. Yes. So we were learning right along um, with our listeners. But yeah, um, everyone else, um, make sure to, you know, follow us on social media. Um, we post all our, um, all the podcast episodes on our Instagram. Um, it's HR underscore sessions 2020. And if you want to ask a question for some of the future um, episodes, then um, we just post that on our Instagram story. So look out for that. But yeah, make sure to tune in next week for another episode. And again, thank you so much, Cassandra. It was really great speaking to you.
You're yes, welcome, thank ladies. Thank you so this much for your time. Great thing that you're doing. Great thing. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a okay. great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.